daddy gonna stay in school and, and graduate. You're gonna die, Klaus! You can do it! Captain Insano shows no mercy. You can do it! I love my mama very much. Now you know that. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Hello, and welcome to The Sandler Pit, the podcast that has a microphone, so you will listen to every word I say. <laughs> that was really, I like that, that's a really good intro to the, yeah, uh, that to is, the episode. I, that's one that could stick, maybe. <laughs> you want to do that every, every week, week, a, a every little week echo. the same thing. <laughs> and if one day I don't have this little mixing desk with me, I'll just have to shout into like a Pringles tube or something. <laughs> Dear. So, uh, I am Luke, and this is Luke. And this is the uh, the Sandler Pit, uh, where we will watch uh, every Adam Sandler film and talk about whether they deserve to be celebrated in our Sandler Castle or buried forever in the Sandler Pit. How are you yeah. today, Luke? I'm very well, thank you. I am looking out the window at a uh, rainy autumnal <laughs> wasteland. The people haven't haven't come back to the world. I think we're all still dying inside, but. Oh, the good thing is that <laughs> you're all right. <laughs> the world's in shambles. Look, basically, what I want to say is that the world is in shambles. But mm. luckily for us, in the last, what is it, like six years or so, streaming giant Netflix have had a great deal with the comedy <laughs> actor Adam Sandler. So we have a handful of great comedy films that we can enjoy from our homes. Thank God. So what are we watching this week? So this week we are watching one of the aforementioned Netflix offerings it is mm. Sandy Wexler yay which neither of us have seen before nope um, yet but very soon we will be watching mm. whether we'll be enjoying it is a different story uh, so that's a American comedy film directed by Stephen Brill that was released in 2017 on Netflix wow did you memorise that man no I just swiped across <laughs> to, to the Wikipedia page yeah, very convincing subtle. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> oh, nice. Apparently this film is, it's a period piece, which is mm. nice. It's Adam Sandler plays Sandy Wexler, who's a talent manager working in Hollywood in the 1990s. Let's make some predictions. So if it's in the 1990s, what do you think Adam Sandler in the 2010s is going to do to kind of show that era? I think Backstreet Boys, they'll be oh, in that's it. That's the first thing I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Backstreet Boys mention. Big, big jeans. Turtlenecks. I think frosted tips. Was that where the people had the dumb hair? Yeah. I think that there will be a crap joke. <laughs> That's it. Just a crap joke. <laughs> no. I think that there will be some sort of weird reference to either, and this is interchangeable, either Beyonce leaving Destiny's Child and he'll say, ha, I can't see that going too well or something like that. <laughs> or... That's good. The same joke, but with Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, yeah, so I agree. Something like that. I've got it. There'll be a computer, and it'll be someone saying, "Oh, hey, what's what's this? Oh, it's the new Apple computer. What can you can you eat it?" <laughs> and they'll be like, "No, no, it's it's something that you can you can go on the internet. The internet? I don't see that catching on." Yeah, Definitely I think that's very it. likely. Or just him saying like, "Oh, the things you can do these days. I can't see it getting any better than that." something yeah. like that yeah he'll, he'll pull out um what was like a 1990s piece of technology cds 
Yeah. That's in The Wedding Singer. There's a bit where Julia, her husband, her fiance gives her a like a CD player and she's like, can you play records on it? So <laughs> in the same vein as that, I think there'll be something along those lines, definitely. He's a talent agent in this. It doesn't say whether he's a music agent or like films. So just in general, yeah. it's going to be loads of like outdated jokes about whoever was big in the 90s. Yeah, I, I don't know, to be honest. Hopefully they're going to cram in a lot of like period jokes about the 1990s, uh, which will kind of be referential now. I reckon that there'll be something about The Simpsons, maybe. Do the Bartman. Like, merchandise of The Simpsons or something like that. Oh, yeah. Or like Lo- Looney Tunes merchandise. That was the 1990s, wasn't it? Everyone yeah. would have like a like a Bugs Bunny t-shirt on. Yeah, that's very nice. Maybe, yeah, maybe there'll be something about Michael Jordan as well. Like you know, Michael Jordan. Jam. He was a big I don't thing. see... <laughs> That'll be him being good at sports. Why well, you think the Chicago Bulls are going to win this season? You must be joking. <laughs> I reckon there'll be something like Beavis and Butthead, or maybe yeah. like um, I think maybe his own SNL stuff, or like his mates from that era, like David Spade and Chris Rock and um, uh, and Chris Farley. I, I reckon they'll do something about that. Maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah, this film's like a take on. Adam Sandler's rise to fame. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. If it's like, I mean, he's you... playing his, his manager and he like helps to bolster the career of a young Adam Sandler-esque character. That could be good. Yeah. Who could play a young Adam Sandler if they were to do I... a young Adam Sandler film? I don't think that they would, they would do it in this because I've not seen that he's casting it. But I, someone like Andy Samberg. Would I was literally going to say that. Yeah, he'd be quite good. But I could also see someone getting that horrible guy from Saturday Night Live. Is it Pete Davidson? That's exactly the Which would that's be horrible. Weird. See, this podcast is a nightmare because I thought that it was going to be me hating things and you liking them or whatever. But we both have the same opinions and thoughts yeah, on everything. Yeah, we do have quite... The only <laughs> thing that I think we still disagree on is that I still don't like Uncut Gems. <laughs> <laughs> I might have changed my view by the time we get around to watching it in like a year. All right, no, I've decided the person who could play a young Adam Sandler would be Adam Devine. He'd kill it. He'd do his little Jack Black face. No, he'd have to be a young Jack Black, have a cameo. (laughs) Yo, Sandman, where are you going? (laughs) Rock on, Sandman. (laughs) Oh, God, that'd be horrendous. I wouldn't ever like to see that ever. All right, no matter what. Sandy Wexler is going to be better than the, the mess that we've just pitched. Definitely. How do you think this is going to rate on our Sandler scale? I've only seen two of the Adam Sandler Netflix films that are comedies. Um, and I find that they are a little bit more muted and a bit quieter and simpler than like a, That's My Boy or Grown Ups. They're not as crass and gross. They're kind of just kind of gentle. Like Hubie Halloween wasn't hmm. too bad. Um, I feel like it'll hit the majority of the tropes, though. I haven't seen anything about Sandy Wexler, though, so I honestly can't say. Uh, what yeah. do you think? Well, I, I I kind of agree and disagree with you at the same time mm. about the Netflix stuff because I know there's that film Ridiculous Six, which I've seen mm. bits of. Like I've seen like the trailer and certain scenes that my friends have been like, "You've got to see this; it's insane." And that is very heavy on like the gross-out, weird stuff. But I think oh, okay. that the more the more modern stuff seems to uh sort of avoid the more offensive tropes because i think that they've been the biggest problems with the older ones that we've revisited is that they will have a lot of badly aged jokes about like mm. homosexuals or or women and things like that so hopefully there'll be there won't be much of that 
I think with this is taking quite an it sounds like quite a naturalistic setting, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a real job and stuff. He's he's not like doing something. A cowboy. <laughs> yeah. So he, he actually is just if he's just a talent agent and it's just like a send up of Hollywood in the nineties, that could be good. Yeah. I'm not it, hopeful. I don't think it will be, but it could he has the potential, definitely. Yeah. Well, I think the fact that I've not really heard anything about this film kind of tells me that it's probably not going to be anything amazing. <laughs> it's got to be better like, than bedtime stories. It's yeah, got to be better. It, it might just be a bit boring, I think. Even if it's really bad, as long as it's not boring, I'll be happy. I think a boring film is definitely worse than like a cringy film, because at least you've got something yeah. to talk about. I just had a skim of the Wikipedia page, and one of the things it said on there was that a lot of people criticised the 131-minute runtime. It's 131 minutes. Yeah. So this is two hours and 11 minutes long. Oh, my God. So if is it, it really? is boring, that's going to feel like a real slog. That's really made me really upset. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe it's that long. Every film that I've watched this year that I've gone away from thinking, that wasn't too bad, has always been like 93 yeah. minutes long. It's Every really film should good. be 90 minutes, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to have our Sander scale, which is made up of multiple Adam Sandler or Happy Madison tropes. Some of the worst stuff and the best stuff, things like Adam Sandler sings, shouts, or is good at sports. <laughs> and um, you can get our Sandler scale on our uh, Twitter and Instagram page at the Sandler Pit. Uh, if you just have a quick scroll through, it'll be on there. Yeah, let's take a trip back to the 90s. And let's go watch it now. Bye. We'll be back after we've watched Sandy Wex. Back straight back. Bye. You are now listening to the Sandler Pit. Are you scared? Huh? Because I'm scared too. And we are back from watching Netflix's Sandy Wexler. When we did our intro, we didn't really know much about this film other than he's playing a talent agent. And we were talking a lot like, oh, is he a music manager? Is he a film manager? And it turns out he's all of these things. He's all of them. A stunt manager, a child's entertainer manager. It's an odd film because we can, we usually explain the story at this point, but this doesn't, doesn't have, have story. much of a story. That was one of the biggest things when I was watching it. It felt like um, it felt like an art house film <laughs> for bits of it, yeah. Because it has no story, and it's kind of for the first maybe the first forty five minutes. I wasn't sure what time period I was meant to be watching. It kind of jumped between different non connected storylines to kind of build up this uh, character study of Sandy Wexler. It was kind of like watching an art house film but it was also like a, a rubbish Adam Sandler comedy at the same time. It was, it was weird. Yeah, it kind of doesn't follow usual structures because of the people involved and stuff. That made me feel like it's a loosely connected string of sketches. Yeah. A lot of the early scenes felt like sketches, especially because they're introduced by all these famous people that are all playing themselves in like tuxedos. I thought, it, oh, it's either his funeral or his... Or a big wedding. birthday party or something, a wedding party, anniversary party or something like that, which it, it, it spoiler alert, it is in the end. I thought at first it was like um, a roast or an Oscars party, like he was going to get a Lifetime Achievement Award. There's loads of testimonials from a lot of celebrities. like, And the first one, and I think the last one to appear, I recognised his face. I looked up, it's Lorne Michaels, the man who invented SNL. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so he, he appears, and then there's lots of people. There's George Went, uh, Norm from Cheers, uh, Conan O'Brien, Jimmy Kimmel, David Spade. Um, it was a bit of an unusual start. It felt a bit yeah. like that Jack and Jill, and uh, like we said, When Harry Met Sally style. 
kind of pulling back, having a little bit of a talk to the audience, and then mm-hmm. going back into the story, um, which I did I kind mind. of. Yeah, I kind of liked it in this one actually. I felt like I think this film is interesting in some senses because it feels like there's enough here that you could probably imagine that when they were first making it and they first had these ideas, they might have thought, oh, this is going to feel a bit more classy, a bit more prestigious than their usual work because these scenes sort of feel like something that Hollywood loves making films about Hollywood, giving them awards and stuff like that. And I feel like that might have been what they were originally going for. But then at the same time, they've also got him wearing comedy glasses and doing a funny (laughs) voice and lying and getting chased by dogs. And all of this, and Nick Swardson as a stuntman. <laughs> There's so much silly stuff, and also so much yeah. like kind of borderline serious. It's a weird clash, which is what it, we're finding a lot in these films. It felt like a almost a fight between the writers um, and the producers, like as to what this film actually is. And because of that, it does feel like a bit of a mess. Uh, and it was a shame because, unlike bedtime stories which which we both really didn't like i could see a kind of idea there that i thought was all right uh, and yeah. i was almost interested and then i wasn't <laughs> what did what did you think of it uh, luke i've been going back and forth about this one because i think i think i've i watched this film maybe four or five days ago maybe longer yeah. i have been thinking about it a lot and i think i feel quite fondly about a fair amount of it I think that the character is quite endearing. Oh, is he? But, yeah, I, I actually, for me, he was leaning. So, so right, I would say our Sandler balance of his protagonists. You've got yeah, Michael Newman from <laughs> Clip. He is in hell. You know, this is this easy way to do Sandler hell and Sandler heaven. Uh, in hell is the worst characters of Sandler. Oh, that's that's a good idea. So he's burning at the bottom. Because of all the horrible things that he did, the way he treated people, the way he yeah. laughed through sexual harassment meetings. And in heaven, you've got the nice character that only wants to help people and is and then the wandering the guy. Yep. And then wandering the earth is the Sonny Koufax, the guy who's an arsehole who ends up becoming good. Yeah. Yeah. So they're sort of skimming the lion, aren't they? They're in purgatory yeah. and then they, they make <laughs> their way to heaven. <laughs> so yeah, I think that the best one, strangely enough, so far that we've seen is probably Hubie. Yeah, he's Hubie a lovely Halloween. guy. Sandy Wexter is edging towards that. I know he's got I know he's got his problems, but I feel like his heart's in the right place. Whereas with a lot of the others, you probably yeah. couldn't say that. He's definitely he's a big liar and does a lot of stupid, weird things and isn't good at what he does or anything like that. But I feel like there's something about him that makes he doesn't go around shouting at people and treating people unnecessarily bad. He's a people yeah. pleaser. He has his problems, but I feel like He's straddling the fence of being a, a good person. I know, he's mate. Some... <laughs> <laughs> Sound like you're justifying it. He's, he's my manager as well. He's all right. <laughs> I I agree with you almost. Um, I think that the character is pretty endearing. Uh, and also, I think that his lying as well, you said lying, but his lying is to kind of help or aid others. And then yeah. at the end of the film, that's kind of his arc is that at the end he realises, I need to tell people the truth. Mm-hmm. And from that, he becomes kind of a, everyone loves him at the end. thought the character was okay. It was the performance that I didn't like. I didn't like the voice. Mm. Um, the weird thing with this one was there were moments when he slipped out of that voice. So yeah. at times, yeah, he's talking like that. Uh, and he's got this horrible voice. And then suddenly he goes to, he, go, he goes into a bit of his Uncut Gems kind of characterization. 
mm. I thought. Uh, he kind of was a bit more of a wheeler dealer kind of bloke. And I liked those bits a lot more. But then suddenly he slips back into that weird voice, which I didn't really like. Goofy. If he'd have brought a bit more subtlety, I really think this could have been um, something. But for me, I didn't really engage with Sandy as a character because no. of how weird he was. Yeah, and I think it's the fact, I think there's two things with it as well that cause it further issues. Is One, your inconsistencies. I think that's true. He sulks quite a lot, doesn't he? He goes into one minute, he's really upbeat and you know trying to push his ideas on people and next minute he's like crying in his car for two days and all that stuff <laughs> within reason like he gets upset he cries fair enough we've all been yeah. there but i think the other problem with him as a character is we're actually with him too long That's so this film i think it feels the most like it could have been made by judd apatow yeah he makes these comedy films that have a pretty good premise that then gets ruined because you're watching it 40 minutes longer than you feel like yeah. you need to be watching it yeah, um, it's, it's really self-indulgent in that way. Like this film, uh, I saw David Ehrlich, who's the IndieWire critic, he said in his review that this feels like Adam Sandler or Happy Madison's attempt at like Lawrence of Arabia. Like it feels like an epic. It yeah, feels really long. So I was watching it and I was texting you during, not about the plot or my feelings, mm-hmm. but just, just in general about it. And I did say at one point, I thought there was 20 minutes left. And I checked, yeah. and I think it was an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had the exact same experience. Very as depressing. Well. I watched, I think an hour and 20 minutes is a bit when he is at the Grammys or something like that. He's watching it, and it's like his reunion with Courtney, who's his love interest oh. in the film. At that point, I paused it. And in my head, I was like, this has 15 minutes left in it. They're yeah. going to reunite, realize that, you know, that she wants to work with him again or whatever and it will be a happy ending and then we'll find out what the testimonials were all about but no i paused it and it had 53 minutes left and i was like i'm gonna need another cup of tea to get through this (laughs) i was enjoying it at that point as well i think if it did end 15 minutes after that then i'd have been like yep fine yeah what do you think about jennifer hudson uh as courtney the love interest for me I think I think she's good in it, and I think her performance is fine. Um, mm-hmm. But her and Adam Sandler have no chemistry at no. all. I think you could buy into the working relationship thing and her liking him as a quirky, interesting yeah. manager or whatever. But I think um, when it came to her falling for him and him being so goofy and weird and stuff, I liked them together as... No. I liked the friendship, <laughs> I think. Uh, sort I think I of. liked... Yeah, I liked that side of it because he's so uncool and she was quite... Yeah. She slipped into being glamorous quite quickly after she started getting signed and all that stuff. I don't think they had much chemistry. No. Uh, I think that should be something we add to the Sandler scale. Inexplicable love interest. They There's no conflict at all in them falling in love. We saw it in Hoobie yeah. Halloween where his childhood crush also had a crush on him. And there's absolutely no, there's nothing that they have to navigate through to be together. Like in mm-hmm. 51st Dates, like they break up, there's a low point. But in some of these modern uh, romances in Sandler's films, it's just, there's nothing in the way of them cruising towards a happy ending. It's weird because I said it was the least memorable film ever, but Bedtime Stories had oh a weird God. sort of strand <laughs> where, he fancied this woman who was kind of like unobtainable and then he hadn't realised that there was someone else closer to him that was, you know, more he's kind of, you know, liked him and appreciated him more and stuff. I think they could have gone that route. Courtney could have stayed as a good friend who's, she's a superstar. She wouldn't date like a 
goofy little guy that's living in Rob Schneider's uh, outhouse. Oh, no, don't even bring that up in passing. That's going to be a huge thing we're talking about near the yeah, end of I this, know. but not now. I think the other thing with Jennifer Hudson is that so the last time I saw her in a film was Cats, and this is not <laughs> half as bad as Cats, because okay. nothing's as bad as Cats. We've had it before where we're being generous to these films because of reasons of other films, and I think that is a, a, per- a perfect one with this, because Cats was just fucking horrendous. When she first appeared, though, did you think she'd end up being the love interest? Because I really did not. I think I've seen so many Sandler films that I was like, yeah, she'd probably end but up loving looks- him. Like, I don't know how old she is. Let me double check. Oh, she, she looks looked, a lot younger. She looked 30 years younger than him. Yeah. And um, she was born 1981, so she's 39. So... He was 66, I think. <laughs> I think he's the same age as my dad. He's not 66, No, born he? in 66. Oh, my dad's born not in... 66. You've I met know, my I was dad. He's say. a sprightly young gen. <laughs> he is. He's a, he's a young boy. Only yeah, 66. So he's 54. So he's 15 years older. He looks 20 he looks, or 30. Yeah. Especially older, in this character as well. Yeah, I found that very weird because at the start, when they first meet, she doesn't even like him as a human being, let alone yeah. as a friend. And then suddenly she trusts him and she really likes him. And then suddenly they're best mates. And there wasn't the development that I thought could have been there. <laughs> I, I think that they could have just done us all a solid and made the film 20 minutes shorter and just yeah. cut out the relationship side of it. Yeah. Have it be about him struggling to be a good agent. Why does it need to have romance all the time? I think cut out at least half the characters as well, because like Terry Crews shows up halfway through this film. Really late, um, actually, isn't it? Really late. And I didn't really know what was going on because all the other... So basically, Sandy Wexler has about five or six clients. He has a stand-up comedian who's no good, who I don't know who that is. He has his wife in real life. Uh, mm-hmm. playing a, an actress who can't really crack into the business. Nick Swardson as a like a evil can evil stunt yeah. man. He's quite funny. Um as Kevin James as a puppeteer <laughs> in my favorite uh, Kevin James appearance I think. He looks like the third Chuckle Brother, doesn't he? Yeah. And then out of nowhere about an hour and a half in, he gets Terry Crews as a wrestler. And there's quite a lot about him in this. Like he he's, Yeah. But that's and, what I mean about how this film feels like it was segments originally. And then they decided at the last minute to make this through line of a romantic partnership yeah. because the segments, if there was a segment about each of his weird clients and then at the end they're all celebrating about how he managed to finally crack Hollywood, that would have been fine. Yeah. But it definitely comes too late. And then it's it's a big part of it that that character has like a has like an arc, but the arc doesn't start until like an hour and a half into the yeah. film. He doesn't get introduced. Like all his other clients are at this pool scene at the start why wasn't he there was he not available to film like why didn't they just set him up early and it's a case with a lot of these modern sandler films he crams too much in like Hmm. i feel like you strip away 45 minutes of this you strip away maybe a third of the characters and you've got an almost all right film uh but in its current state jesus it really needed editing and a rewrite. I don't know if it's something to do with it being on Netflix and all that stuff, but it almost felt like a TV series. Yeah, yeah, it I did. I feel like it felt very episodic. It could have been a TV show. Uh, probably, and... It probably might have even worked better, to be honest. Yeah, I think I'd have not minded it as a TV show. Yeah, I really wanted serious Sandler, if I'm honest. 
I think this film would have worked well with Sirius Sandler doing his Meyerowitz story, Uncut Gems kind of personality. He just seemed to cram in this silly voice that doesn't fit the film or the tone. It's like they did test screenings and found out they didn't want him to play a serious character or something like that. It probably could have been better as like a comedic drama. I don't know if he was the straight man and everyone around him was the crazy one. I think that would have probably been better. This does feel like a really personal story for Sandler. Like we know it's based on his his own manager uh, and it's got all his friends and his family. Like, I think this is the most I've seen his wife. uh, Yeah, she's actually a a character, isn't she? Yeah, I would have loved it if he'd have made this really personal. And yes, she'd have been the character that he falls in love with. And that would have been brilliant because those two are actually in love. I think that would have been great, actually. Yeah. Um, were you about to say about Sandler's yes. nephew? His nephew, who's in yeah. all of these films, but I never recognise yeah. him. I found out today, he's in Big Daddy, and it also said he's like 27. And I think he's the kid at the school uh, with the glasses, I think. Yeah. God, yeah. that's crazy. So in this, he plays a recording studio engineer. <laughs> and it's in a, a scene that I found really funny for the first yeah, same. when the first time it happened. And then it went on, the same joke happened three more times. <laughs> where she sings this really good song they're like oh that was beautiful that was breathtaking oh it was incredible and then it always turns out that the engineer hasn't pressed record and it happens three more times in a row that she keeps yeah. performing the song in one take and doing it really well and then it turns out that the guy hasn't recorded it and that's they his did nephew. that they did that later didn't they like another joke that keeps repeating itself and it's like it's already long. Just cut around this. Yeah, cut it was this like down. two scenes later, there was a bit where he kept on accidentally leaning on the light switch and turning the light off when there was like six people in the room. And the yeah. first time it happened, again, it made me laugh. That was it, yeah. But yeah, I found that music scene quite funny and the fact that he wants to add this, he adds a triangle to the end of the song. <laughs> That's then, quite good. Like a minute later, the big record executive hears it and he's like, your song was beautiful apart from the triangle what idiot added that and he's just like sat there doing I think a stupid face I can't remember his voice in this film yeah I don't think it is like what you're doing I think it's <laughs> no, just it's a not. really over the top stereotypical Jewish old person I think that's the voice that he's gone for yeah I, I think that you're right there he was good the record label guy uh was it Winston off New Girl? I've never, se- I've not watched that. You've never I'm seen sure. New Girl? Oh, mate. Uh, um, he, he kind of becomes a love interest at one point. For he's like the closest thing to Courtney. a villain, isn't he? Yeah, that that was a big problem. I wish that there'd actually been a conflict, like um, a, a love triangle. But that yeah. is really brushed over. Like Courtney might have substance abuse problems. Uh, she wants to leave the industry. She's going to get married. But all this happens almost off screen. I never yeah. meet her uh, love interest who she's going to get married to at the end. Eric never Lamentoff. Who's that? So, yeah, this is another weird thing that I've noticed in all the trivia. I should have brought it up about six episodes ago. But in every single one of Adam Sandler's films, they mention a character called Eric Lamentoff. And you never oh. see him in oh. most of the films until Grown Ups, when Kevin James's character is called Eric Lamentoff. So it's like a weird running joke, like the like the VV love interest. Yeah. There's also this Eric Lamonsoff joke that's Wait, in most of the film. The guy who she's going to get married to in this... Has the same name. Kevin, it might not be oh, Kevin James, but 
in all of the films, for some reason, they always mention the name Eric Lamonsoff. Wow. Another good quote I got from Nick Swardson. <laughs> There's a bit when they're having a um, celebration at Sandy's house to I've celebrate the album coming out. <laughs> One of Sandy's clients is a contortionist. <laughs> and he's sat on a chair like a pretzel for some reason. He's, he's doing his contortion during this celebration meal. Mm. Nick Swardson says... Who's that guy? Can we put him in a drawer? (laughs) (laughs) That's really weird because I've got so many notes for this, but I was looking at that ready to say that bit. It's a really good bit. Uh, Yeah, that is, he's, he might be my favorite part of the film. And I've never said that about Nick Swardson. Uh, I do. I like Nick Swardson. He is the same character in every film though. So if you like him in this, really, you should like him in all of them. But maybe that's saying the testament to this film. Maybe. Yeah. He, he elevates it here, but in other times he might drag it down. Yeah, I thought he was quite funny as this kind of a crazy daredevil. Another strange bit that I've written down that also gets glossed over very quickly is that there's a bit when Sandy kills a raccoon. Oh my God, back, yeah. And his so jacket's awful. covered in blood. <laughs> he kills a raccoon in the garden and like... That's not the same as like swatting a fly, is it? I literally jumped out of my skin when he killed it. All that blood splattered off yeah, it. Yeah, it's a really weird moment, isn't it? Yeah, really that is weird. weird, isn't it? What did you think of uh, Quincy Jones's appearance in this? Uh, getting de-aged like he's in an MCU film. I I felt in this film. Do you know what? I I probably just didn't think much about Quincy Jones being in it because there's so many cameos. There's so many. Did it make you feel really British as well? What do you mean? Who the fuck is Arsenio Hall? What? Yeah, there's a guy in it who's... They mention his name so many times. Like, oh my God, you just met Arsenio Hall? And they say it so many times that it got to a point where I didn't know if these characters were real or fictional because I just... Obviously, it's a little bit before our time because this was set early 90s, I think. It's 94. And obviously, we wouldn't be old enough to know, like, American comedians at that point. But yeah, they kept mentioning him. And then I Googled him and he was, like, mildly famous in those times and stuff. But I don't... I feel like... They had so many of these characters and stuff. A lot of the people in the testimonials, I know you said about like Lorne Michaels and stuff, but Mm. you do kind of wonder like who that's for because I didn't really have a clue who half of them were. Yeah, Uh, but that's interesting because I knew quite a lot of them. Like I noticed, I think Penn and Teller and uh, like an actor from Cheers I mentioned. It's because we get so much American stuff in this country, like on TV. Mm. But I was thinking actually... I've just thought now, imagine if this was a British film with that many British references from the 90s and if that travelled to America. A lot of it was lost on me. It's Keith Chegwin. (laughs) (laughs) Who else was massively popular in the 90s? Like early Anton Deck? Yeah. Um, Noel Edmonds. Noel Edmonds. We've CGI'd the aged Noel Edmonds. (laughs) (laughs) The scene when Sandy Wexler goes on House Party, (laughs) Mr Blobby. (laughs) Mr Blobby, Chris Tarrant. You could have loads of people, couldn't you? Yeah. And then you could have modern ones like Dermot O'Leary. Stephen Mulhern could do some Stephen magic Mo- tricks. Yeah, exactly. You could have uh, Philip Schofield. And if you showed an American that, they would be lost. They'd turn it off. Yeah. Yeah, it, it feels very American, though. I think that's just what I... read. Your original point of Quincy Jones being on it, I just... It was, it was at a scene where there was just so many cameos that you're kind of looking for them, but at the same time trying to work out if these are real people or if they're characters or not. And just, 
Yeah. It was all a bit lost on me. What else have I got here? I've got uh, <laughs> written down, you might be able to see it. I wrote, ha ha! <laughs> what the fake <laughs> laugh that he does. His horrible laugh. I've got a note here. There's a part where he's he's got this neighbour who fancies him for some reason. She's a bit older than him. Yeah. She tries to seduce him. So there's two good bits here. One from you mocking that laugh that laugh that he does. <laughs> when she's seducing him, she says, do you know what I loved about you? Your voice, which is mental. So I had to make a note of that. Because why... uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think he thought she was joking as well. He says, ha ha, straight after, I think. Yeah. As well, during that scene, while they're about to... <laughs> have sex there's a dying old man in the corner of the room who's still alive 30 years later <laughs> that and got my biggest laugh of the whole film that do you was... know who that is who is it sandy wernick who the who sandy wechter's based on that's adam sandler's manager brilliant that's good isn't it that well is done good, lad that is a really good Did cameo it. to be fair uh, and I loved how he's still alive in the present day. Yeah, <laughs> he survived 20, whatever was wrong with him. 25 years later, he's still like fucked. There was a bit though, it reminded me of Click when he's like nearly dead and he, he can't really move and then he just puts his middle finger up. <laughs> yeah. And it was exactly like the death scene in Click. that we Yeah, did. it was. Maybe that was a, a nice little uh, throwback. Okay, what did you think about when <laughs> he has a heart attack? <laughs> the puppeteer uses him as a puppet to get a deal. Uh, that was another big laugh for me in this. Yeah, uh, I did find so that ridiculous. funny. It was crazy, wasn't it? I loved as well when he's in bed dying nearly and he's got the tubes up his nose and then he listens to Courtney's new song and it's kind of about their relationship and there's a montage of him and her together throughout the film. Uh, but then it, it pans back and <laughs> the nurse is in the room like dancing and lip syncing yeah. to it. Which, yeah, uh... that was pretty good. I liked that scene when Courtney visited him in hospital for two reasons. One, she calls him the Sandman. <laughs> and she also says a line here. She says, you have the biggest, best, strongest heart. Which just feels like one of those lines when they're just really laying it on thick with that. Yeah, definitely. I thought a lot of the last half an hour was really laid on thick. Particularly mm. the conflict resolution where she ends up with Adam Sandler at the end on the way to her wedding to a man yeah. we've not seen. So we don't know about him. There's no love triangle because I don't know who that guy is. Why wasn't the final love interest that record producer from earlier? Yeah. Who who was like kind of like the villain. Then I'd have been rooting for Sandy to win her back. Totally. Also, she doesn't make any hints that she still reciprocates the feeling no. and then he proposes to her on the way to her wedding he's poached her dad as well was her dad, dad not dad, at yeah. the other wedding the only reason i can see that they would not have kept that record label guy as as the love interest is because they wanted to have this weird running joke where she's dated like everyone in hollywood yeah they but say she's dated like um mark antony and a bunch of Johnny actors. And... I can't believe yeah. a film that would dare make me watch it for so long and be so boring at times that they don't have huge bits of the character. Quite dark stuff like substance abuse and having fleeting relationships all happens off screen and it's it it's, doesn't help the film at all, I thought. It is a really weird choice to, to do it that way. I think it makes you not really root for her so much and it just belittles her character to be in just a love interest. Yeah. And she could yeah, have been definitely. interesting because she she's good in the film, I think. Like, I'm not saying she's incredible and it's one of her Oscar-worthy performances, but 
I think she stands out as being the one that feels like an actual actor in this film. Yeah. Uh, it's just a waste of having her there, really. It felt like everyone else, like Kevin James, Adam Sandler, they're all there for a Happy Madison film. It's like she's there to win an Oscar. <laughs> like, it's like she's there for A Star Is Born and they're all there yeah. for, for Grown Ups 3. Yeah. It's, it doesn't mesh together for me personally. Her agent might be like Sandy Wexler. Has been like, ah, you're gonna get an Oscar for this one. <laughs> so maybe Alan Covert's character in this film's her real manager. Oh, yeah, Alan Covert. Uh, we didn't touch on his cameo. He he just plays Sandy Wexler, another one. Yeah, and it's in a throwaway scene where you just see yeah. like the side of his face. You don't see the front of his face. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, one of your predictions came true. You mentioned yeah. that, that you thought the Looney Tunes might be in it, and we see a Bugs Bunny statue. At yes, Six Flags, I think it's called. Is that the yeah. park where she originally worked? I was the most happy though with the um... oh weird Al Yankovic showing up, oh, uh, being the kind of emotional crooks. I thought that was a good payoff because he talks all the way through about his friend Alfred, <laughs> who ended up leaving him. Uh, for another manager and how that kind of broke his heart a bit. And then he yeah. shows up and it's actually weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, that, that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was all right. Did they CGI DH him? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> they gave him a I little moustache. That I think that was funny because as well, there was like finally some sort of joke and payoff about all the bad decisions that Sandy makes. So he was like, oh, you told me to stick with the accordion and to always wear floral yeah. shirts and to never cut my hair. All the weird things Weird Al Yankovic's still doing nowadays. Yeah. This is what I don't get. Like, so all the way through, it's made out that he doesn't, he's not right. Like, he he gets everything wrong all yeah. the time. Like, so he gets Nick Swardson to open up for one of <laughs> Courtney's shows, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Uh, he says cartoons are dead when she says, I might get a role in Toy Story. He says yeah. there's no money in it. She says her future husband is going to open a coffee chain. And he's like, you can't just sell coffee so that's a running joke i found that it was a bit it doesn't really fit with the ending where it turns out he was successful he was great all along because it's shown often that he makes terrible decisions no he he was successful in the end and i feel Mm -hmm. like it would have been better if he hadn't been successful yeah did you like singing sandler at the end (laughs) there's no business like show business comes from no it's such a weird ending for a film that makes us sit around for 131 minutes the ending is just so rushed that the credits are on screen before we've even really seen Sandy in the modern day. Yeah. He comes on and just sings a crap version of No Business Like Show Business. It's so weird. The post-credit scene's all right, the bit with... No, I thought it was absolutely terrible. (laughs) I I think that was... I never got Beavis and Butthead. I love cartoons and I love the 90s ones. Like I still I still watch South Park, still watch Simpsons. I've never understood what Beavis and Butt Beavis and Butthead is like all about. That scene just totally proved it. I was sat there like, what the fuck is this? I think I was too giddy because in my prediction at the start of this video, I yeah. did mention Beavis and Butthead. And then he yeah. showed up as a big cameo and I was like, yes. I thought the original joke in that prank call that he thinks Beavis and Butthead are both real people is quite funny but for it to be a four minute long joke it goes the credits, on long so i was just time. like this is so shit yeah i just wanted to turn it off and go to bed yeah <laughs> it just didn't stop the big one that we've got left to talk about that you uh did a bit of foreshadowing earlier on mm. is our character Farouz, uh the iranian <sighs> millionaire yeah. i yeah. think who's played yet again by um our, our friend, favorite <laughs> good old american rob schneider <laughs> <laughs> oh Right, 
fuck? <laughs> I'm going to do a thing yet. After this podcast, I'm going to do the Schneider Travels where I'm going to record an episode <laughs> in the original country of each one of Rob Schneider's roles. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Hawaii, <laughs> Iran. <laughs> so after what? After coronavirus lockdown ends, we're both quitting our jobs. Yeah. Uh, no money. The Schneider Trail. To- <laughs> <laughs> it was it's horrendous. Shocking. It's shocking. He's in brown face. It, it was, this came out two this years was ago. Three years ago, wasn't it? Three years ago, sorry, yeah. But spoiler alert, but I had Rob Schneider on my bingo. Oh. And I heard his voice. I heard his I heard that voice on the radio. And at first I was a bit like, you know, you always want to do it. You always want to just give him the benefit of the doubt and think that's that's not Rob Schneider. It can't be in this like, day. That's age. not Rob Schneider. Oh god, it is. It's Rob Schneider. I had to Google it, which this ruined is... it. He's actually in the film later on, but I don't care. It just made it less of a shock when he did appear later on, but still, this was insane. Like I said last week, bedtime stories. What came out in two thousand eight? I said he shouldn't be doing this now. Mm. That was ten years before this one, and he's even more racist here. Like he's wearing like a fake nose and he's painted brown, yeah. and he's pretending to be an Iranian pervert, and it's disgusting. And I hated it, and I hated him. I hated it every scene he's in and it's yeah. disgusting. Stop doing it. Back in like 51st dates, you can be a bit like that was a bit of a different time. There was a lot of yeah. a lot of mainstream stuff had that sort of characters playing different races and stuff like that. Yeah. But by now, in the last in the last five years, definitely you would I would not have expected yeah. that. It really did get me. I was just I like, can't oh, believe for it. fuck's sake again. And I can't I can't believe that not more people are angry with him. But I don't get why they still bother doing it, because it's never funny either. No. The only good payoff he's had for me recently was Hubie Halloween, because I didn't expect him there, and he wasn't as a different race, and it was genuinely surprising, and they kept his antics to a minimum. Yeah. I just want to know why Adam Sandler is carrying this man. Um, It just doesn't make any sense. It just takes you out of the film as well, yeah. doesn't it? It's yeah. like so sh- shame on them for doing this because uh, like they're testing you for sticking yeah. around that long. <laughs> and you know what? It's honestly, it's not the worst from ones that I know. I I know that there's one more that I think's really bad. Right. Let's get on to our Sandler scales. So, how did you do? I did get a bingo on my oh, Sandler God. scale. Three actors, all in a row, <gasps> um, that we've spoken Lucky. about. I had David Spade and Nick Swarton very early on. Yeah. And then I got the next one 46 minutes into it with Rob Schneider. And that was yeah. when Farouz spoke on like an intercom when he was watching yeah. Sandler kiss someone or something. I can't remember. I think it's the pool when he first appears. Yeah, that might have been he's it. He's angry about the pool. Yeah. But I had to Google it and found out it's Rob Schneider playing an Iranian. And I was... I was overjoyed that I got my bingo, but I was frustrated that I got it through such terrible means. As well as that, I had two more. I had Sandler sideburns or facial hair. So when we originally spoke about this, you said it was a big sideburn one, and it actually wasn't. His sideburns weren't such a big deal. Yeah, I was he had mistaken. like a weird sort of stubble in this, didn't he? Yeah, he did get he facial hair. He looked um, like he needed a bit of a shave. I also had fat joke, and in the first scene, there was a joke about him stuffing his face at parties. Yeah, I'll give you that. Goes for all the food. I didn't get kids love him because I don't think the kids do love him in this. They think he's a bit weird. Yeah, I feel like those kids do like him a bit though. Like I I think at the start they really didn't want to stay with Uncle Sandy or whatever he called himself, and he was like offering them to read a script that he had and stuff like that. I swear, there's a bit though when he's watching Courtney for the first time, and 
if he's like, hey, move out of the way. And some of the kids are like laughing. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I had I had poo. I don't think there was oh. any poo in this film. No, I don't think there so. might have been like a reference to poo, but I don't know. Nothing, nothing that stood out massively. Yeah. Uh, no ball jokes again. Um, and there wasn't a young comedy actor before they were famous that I know Unless of. we count uh, either Adam Sandler's nephew or Adam Sandler's uh, two daughters, maybe they'll end up becoming quite big. The closest I got with it was actually the one who was his nurse, who's Kate Mikuchi, I think that's how you pronounce yeah. it. Um, she was she was in, in things way before this. She was in yeah, Scrubs and she had her own like sketch show, I think, and stuff yeah. like that. So I I couldn't have counted. I no. think it's just that she hasn't hit the same highs as some yeah. of the others, but she's still got a very good career. Short and sweet, but that was my Sandler scale. I, I did not get a line, and I'm fuming because oh. it. I got so close to a line quite a few times. So um, the ones I did get, I got product placement. Again, we have a uh, Coca-Cola, yeah. Variety magazine, uh, Pepsi, Kevin James, yep, uh, Chris Rock, Big mm-hmm. Shorts, and Shouting Sandler. But there is Shouting Sandler, mm-hmm. but I counted it for when he's in, when you can't hear him shouting, but you can see him shouting at uh, Jared the Sandler. Studio. Yeah, that was a good, he's like, good bit. He's just screaming at him, but you can't really hear him. And yeah, that was what I got. I almost got a line, and if I'd have had one fart... And I've got oh, a line. Yeah. Um, other ones I didn't get. I didn't get Steve Buscemi, annoyingly. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised that he's not it. in this. Yeah. I didn't get a reference to Colonel Sanders. And my middle one, which would have got me a diagonal, it would have got me a straight line, oh. uh, was Blake Clark. That oh, yeah. He's not in the, it, is he? Can't believe it. it. It was so primed for a bit of Blake Clark. It's an interesting one, this one, because I feel like, again, it's we've said it about a few of the other ones that this was actually fairly light on a lot of the tropes. And I think that's what makes those real gross up moments stand out so much because they feel like they're from another, a much more in your face comedy film. Yeah. I I wrote down in my notes that this feels like Adam Sandler's kind of almost like a Birdman kind of film. Like it's him trying to critique the industry and it's almost there. Like I genuinely think this would, this could be quite a good film. I read some of the reviews last night after I watched it. I didn't think it was great, but some of the reviews are really harsh on this one. Yeah, they are really scathing, uh, aren't they? Yeah, and I thought, like, maybe my brain's become diseased because of uh, bedtime stories, but I thought there was enough here that you could watch it and probably appreciate bits of it. I think the problem is, you, you know, you say, oh, there's quite a lot here. I think that's the problem. There's too much here. Yeah. It's just so it overstuffed. Down. For a film so long, there's just so much going on. You know, the good stuff gets buried under so much other crap. Me and you, we don't profess to be like experts in script and story. Like we both studied it, but we're not particularly good. But I just want to ask you, how would you fix this film? Like if you wanted to make it good, what what could you do to fix it? I think that they should have just not been afraid to cut stuff, basically. Films can be good without having a romantic subplot, definitely. And that could have easily worked. I think it could have even lost the testimonial stuff because really that yeah. payoff wasn't really earned because, as you say, he wasn't very good all the way through. Maybe it could have ended with him getting like still a good job in Hollywood, but not the job that he originally wanted. Maybe that could yeah. have been the story strain. Yeah. I know we moan that a lot of these films don't have beginning, middles and ends. Like Jack and Jill doesn't have mm. your traditional hero's journey or whatever, but I felt like that stuff wasn't actually really needed in this and that they yeah. could have just gone 
with like a bit of a made up of separate segments. They could have done, yeah. you know, like a Ballad of Buster Scruggs, like that kind okay, of yeah. like an anthology film. Just have him as his different moments throughout Hollywood and stuff. Yeah, I think that would be good. Maybe like a Pulp Fiction, like it, it's set at different times, but he's the kind of uh, yeah, he's through, the through line. Through line, yeah. And I think as a character study, like I think the character is almost there. And the fact that it's a real guy who they're based it on, and I feel like there's almost something really good here. Like maybe if you stripped it down, I feel like keep Nick Swarton and keep uh, and keep Kevin <laughs> James and and everything else. Like the stand-up comedian character was rubbish and pointless. Yeah. Just strip down the characters um just have like one or two make it a really solid character study get rid of the voice and i think make it mm-hmm. a bit more subtle add a few a better lines and i feel like this could have been actually quite a decent film but in its current state i i'm not a huge fan i feel like there's stuff in here where you could have been like the way that he's just so useless and nothing works out for him it could have yeah. it could have gone the full dark route he kind of reminded me of the character of joker you know oh (laughs) yeah yeah you know how sad it is at the start i know you didn't like that film but it's kind of like there's all these like sad shots of him where he thinks he's really good at like twirling this sign and he's a really good entertainer and he's just not that's what this film could have could have been like it could have (laughs) it could have ended with sandy doing a massacre on hollywood (laughs) just killing everyone (laughs) well we so we're, we're right so this is how we're changing it we're changing the name to sandy uh, it's going to be him having a mental breakdown, like clapping. <laughs> Maybe keep the voice, <laughs> but yeah. only when he goes on, only or, when he goes on stage at the end. Or when he's with, when he's just on his own, he speaks normally. But when he's with other people, he can't control his voice, and he speaks <laughs> like that around other and people. He, and he has a little card that he shows <laughs> to people. I'm sorry, I do this voice. <laughs> <laughs> or he just does that laugh. He does his laugh randomly. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like shaking his head on the bus like he's not really laughing. <laughs> now that is a film I would enjoy. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I really like it. That's so good. Oh, that would have been God. his Oscar film. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I want a fan edit. I want Sandy. <laughs> and then it would have made Jennifer Hudson's role make sense. It could have been him imagining that she loves him. See? Yes! It's the exact same film. <laughs> My God, yeah. Give this film to Scorsese. Yeah, It'd be it brilliant. It'd be brilliant, but <laughs> bloody hell, that's that's amazing. I can't believe that. <laughs> Could have really sorted it out. Uh, right, okay, where are you putting it then? Are you putting it in the pit of the castle? I think this is the one that I've been the most on the fence about out really? of all of them. But, you know, if we'd recorded this the night that I watched the film, I would have probably said, put it in the castle. Really? Yeah, wow. that night I was I was really positive about it. And uh, as usual, I watched it with my fiance, and she was just like, "That was shit." She was very <laughs> she wasn't on the fence at all, and she was just still adamant. Just... Like, what did you like about it? And the more I it unraveled, the more I was like, "I think I just like Adam Sandler." Coming off the bat and not thinking about this film too much, I would I would have probably said Castle, but like very low okay. down in the castle. Because I I do I think I just about like the character of Sandy Wexler, and I think there was enough funny moments. I I wouldn't tell people not to watch this film. I don't think, Ooh. but I'd also be a bit like, if you've got two and a bit hours spare, yeah, it's a. I think it could be like a decent background film, or like if you're hungover and you want to just put something on and not care about it, maybe it would be okay for something like that. But it's not like a 
gather the family around the TV and switch on Sandy Wexler. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but yeah, I would say this has to be in the pit. I think it it needed a few more rewrites. It needed to be tightened up, needed to not be so self-indulgent and be as long, needed to not have Rob Schneider playing yet another yeah. race that he's not a part of. I think there's just too many negatives that outweigh it that would just yeah. throw it into the pit, which is a shame because I do think there's more than enough good stuff here that could easily have been worked into a film. I think they just lose sight of what they were doing with it, put it in the Sandler pit, I'm afraid. Okay. How about you? I feel like from from our discussion, I feel like you like this a lot more than me. Um, I've, I finished watching this quite late at like, I don't know, half 12. And by that point, I was so bored and it was so long. It is. It does feel a lot longer than it actually is as well. I feel like it's almost frustrating how close this is to being quite good. Strip away some characters and this would probably be a castle one for me and would be more proof because we know Sandler is quite a good character actor when he wants to be. I don't think it's as bad as the critics make it out to be but i also wouldn't recommend it to anyone you said hungover people maybe to watch it i feel like it's too dull and and not enough really strong comedy moments to even do that so i don't really have anyone to recommend it to i don't i don't not even as a bad film to laugh at because it's not quite bad enough it's not a terrible film like bedtime stories it's not a good film and it's not a like a hangover comedy it's a waste of potential uh so for that i'm putting in the pit yeah i think i think i agree with you more or less to be honest it doesn't stand up to any scrutiny does it basically (laughs) is that our third film going into the pit in a row yeah it's getting a bit bleak or is it second no i think it's the second i think bedtime stories before that we had big daddy which was a good one oh yeah big daddy that was almost a pit for me though so i need something i need a miracle but first should we have a uh Sound of Games. Yay! <laughs> so I've made a game for this week's Sound of Games, and it's got the wonderful name Lost in Sandlation. <laughs> which is That's a play good. on uh, the film Lost in Translation, which Adam Sand has nothing to do with. We love finding out what the alternate names are for Adam Sandler films in other languages. Oh, yeah. This week, I've taken matters into my own hands, and instead of finding also known as films... I've taken Sandler films and I've run them through Google Translate. So what I would do, here's an example. I would get the English name, translate it to like Hebrew, translate it to Indonesian, translate it to Russian, translate it to Czech. I'd keep doing that loads of times till our films became lost in Sandlation. Oh my gosh. And then I would translate it back to English. Yeah. So I've got these reworked titles. And I wonder okay. to see if you can guess what any of them are. So what? It's going to be like Large Papa. I'll be like, it's Big Daddy. I did do Big Daddy, but then I haven't used it. And it translated it to Big Potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> that does fit the film. Right, okay. <laughs> so I've done this for 12 films. So it should be fairly quick because some of them are just impossible and some of them are very obvious. Brilliant. The first one is The Highest Floor. The Highest Floor? Yeah. The Highest Floor... This one has... Oh, similar... The Longest Yard. Yes, you got it. That was good. Very good. Nice. Um, second film is Absorb Water. The Water Boy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absorb Water. Um, old People. Old People. Oh, it must be Grown Ups. It is. Three out of three so far. So far. Number four is It's Good. Um, it's Good. Click? No. It is Blended. 
Oh, right. I don't, I don't know, know how. That. I think blended, yeah. I think that one. I think I ran it through every language on Google Translate. <laughs> so it's well and truly blended. <laughs> uh, this is a good one. The first kiss point zero. The first kiss point zero. Um, just go with it. No, it was 50 first dates. Oh, bloody hell. Okay. I think you've you've got three out of five, right, so far? Yeah. So number six is endless symptoms. <laughs> endless symptoms. I think this um, one's just got to be a lucky guess, really. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, bedtime stories. No. Oh. It's uh, uncut gems, your favourite. Oh, fucking hell. Endless, endless symptoms. story. Endless symptoms. This next one is... Uh, Willing man. The problem with this game, right, is that I can't make a guess based on the context of the film either. It's quite hard to yeah, kind it's of a hard, really hard game. Willing man, uh, the cobbler. <laughs> no, it's not the cobbler. It was funny people. Oh, okay. So right. this next one, this this could be the name of our um, Sandy Wexler rewrite. That's like the gritty version of it, the Martin Scorsese version of Sandy Wexler. <laughs> Uh, it's called Angry Driver. Angry Driver. Uh, uh, anger Management? Correct. Yes! Yes. Um, this one is Wheatfield. Wheatfield? Bloody hell. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, Happy Madison. That's the production company. That's not a film. Oh, Happy Happy Gilmore. Sorry, Happy Gilmore. No, it was The Cobbler. Oh, bloody hell. I don't know. The only thing I could think of is cob as in like corn cobs. Wheatfield. Yeah. <laughs> God knows. How did um, you do this? I don't know. I don't know why I did this. So the next one is take control of me. Just go with it. No, I'm going to give you another guess on this one because I think if you think about it, this one is actually the closest. Take control of me. Yeah. I I, I honestly have, have no idea. Mr. Deeds. No, reign over me. Oh, bloody hell. So from one that did oh, make sense to one that doesn't, great portfolio. Great portfolio. Oh, oh, this will be happy Gilmore. No, it's not. Fuck. It's, it's going overboard. Oh. It's a frustrating game because there's no way you can get any of them right. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I'm getting really angry. <laughs> I think you might be able to get this one. This All is right, the last on. one, okay? I've saved a good okay. one for you. He is not confused with Zohan. <laughs> you don't mess with the Zohan. Yeah, correct. Bloody hell. How many did I get? You got five out of 12, correct. Bullshit. I got more than that. Did you? I don't know. That game is probably never going to return. I hope. I hope not. <laughs> I probably could have refined it a bit more. I probably could have made no, it more no, achievable. Was, but that was really, really fun. Thank you, Luke. Real challenge, wasn't it? That was lost in translation. Next week, we are going to be watching our first non-Happy Madison film. There's actually a non-Happy Madison film this time, I believe. Our first serious film, definitely. Punch Drunk Love, yes. which is directed by. Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah. So it's like an actual cinema style director that makes more than just comedy films. And it's a film neither of us have seen. So um, it's a real it's a real break from the tradition, actually, this one, isn't it? A lot of notice was given to Adam Sandler after Uncut Gems, but Punch Drunk Love was like 18 years ago and everyone said he was great at the time. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this one. Me too. It'll be a different episode though, definitely. Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna do with the Sander scale. We're gonna to have to have oh, a I've got, think about I've that. I've got I've got I've got a fun little little twist on it. So uh, we'll we'll see that next Great. week.
there's something to look forward to then uh, and yeah if you want to contact us send us an email to thesandlerpit at gmail.com uh, or contact us uh, on our Instagram or Twitter we've had a few nice messages off random people who are listening to it for some reason so yeah thank you it, it means a lot yeah so we're on Instagram and Twitter at the Sandler Pit, right yeah if people are actually listening thank you yeah thank you for getting to the end of an episode of a film no one's seen <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so so thank you anyone who's listening thank you to joe tarone for our theme music thank you joe as always thanks to draw g's luke thomas himself for the artwork <laughs> you're welcome it's a sandler buy from me and a sandler buy from him bye ha ha why the lights out he's leaning on the light switch no i'm not from the top <laughs>